Enter New R Presents. Happy Hour at the Old Timer Tavern, Episode 18. Don your plot armor. This episode was recorded live at twitch.tv slash lantern noir. Hello and welcome to 5 o'clock on a Tuesday. We've gone through the Monday blues. We're on to the Tuesday and we decide it is now deep enough into the week. It's time to start drinking. I am one of your two hosts, Rob, a.k.a. Lantern Noir. And with me is the amazing... Raybeard of Greybeard's Tavern. And how has your week been thus far, my good friend? Uh, good. I mean, work got nutty today, and hence it's always good to have happy hour to come home to. Uh, so, yeah, um, Thursday we played Masks. It was awesome. They're, again, awkward teen angst over on Indoor Adventures Channel. Uh, Sunday morning, because of Mother's Day, I did not stream. Um, I'm playing a, a game now that I'm going to do a uh, a real beginner's guide for, because I'm I'm tired of not having real beginner guides you know, uh, to games. So I'm going to bust that out. So that'll be on my YouTube uh, probably next Monday or Tuesday. And... Um, my Saturday night Grognard game, we were in outer space, ended with an awesome cliffhanger. Um, uh, I don't think they listen to this. So I, it's a game that's, that's got a lot of stuff happens on charts and you have to like, Oh God, it's, you know, I have failed. You as the DM have to make something horrible happen or whatever. The DM gets a move. And so, um, and the DMs never rolled dice in the whole game, uh, in the game system. So what I did was I <laughs> ad hoc stole a Netflix movie prop uh, or plot. Um, speaking of plots, uh, <laughs> the um, uh, it's called Space Sweepers. It's out of Korea. It's brand new. It's a Netflix like original, and it is a really fun. A really, really fun uh, uh, space romp, you know, blah blah blah. So I stole the pro- the uh, the thing to it, and I uh, I threw it at the party, and they've been hauling around this uh, this young uh, young girl in a cryo chamber for like two episodes now. And then at the very end of the last episode, there was like space mines and the fighting, and you know blaster fire and all that and at the very end as they're swooping away uh they hear a little voice say where's the bathroom (laughs) and they turn and the little girl's just standing there somehow she got out of her cryo chamber and and they were all like "Ah!" and i'm like and fade to black credits go up (laughs) and they're like oh we hate you um so oh, yeah the very uh, best of cutscenes. uh-huh well that, that sounds a lot like how i ended um our, our candle keep game last wednesday which we're going to be resuming <clears throat> this week we're we're still nice. on track to finish it um and uh the jansen played by lenarius is haunted uh-huh. and they were starting to really go down some dark roads with their demons talking to them and they've been plotting to do some evil and they had just used their father's short bow and they had just forced the magic through it, the, the mm. Zen energy that powers it. 
Yeah. And so the last scene was a scene of their father appearing like uh, Obi-Wan esque. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah. and, and just just shaking his head with the only as a father can show his disapproval. <laughs> I'm not mad, I'm just disappointed. disappointed. And um <laughs> And that's, that was what we ended on. And, and Lenar's like, oh, I want to know more. I'm like, no, it's not happening. Not this week. Keep them hungry. Yes. <laughs> um, and, and they're actually playing through Kingdom Hearts right now. They just started a fresh playthrough. They'd never played it before. So they're in Kingdom mm. Hearts 1. And they just had the fight with uh, Shadow Sora. Mm. Or it's Sora versus Shadow Sora. Mm. and i can't remember where it's i don't know where that is yeah. in, in this, this yeah, story. Yeah, yeah. it's been so long but i'm like ooh, ooh, making making jansen fight a shadow jansen would be a really <laughs> fun <laughs> twist um and it would create some really neat opportunities for the party to have to deal with stuff I'm like yeah yeah this is gonna get cool i'm liking this nice um, so we're gonna probably go off script a little bit in the next couple of weeks just because we've got these neat opportunities that have come up through the Candlekeep mystery, mm -hmm. which kind of de uh, defangs my plan of no prep nights. Uh. <laughs> um, and then for me, Sunday night was Mother's Day, and mm -hmm. two of my players could not play because of Mother's Day commitments, which is great. Um, Mrs. Noir had to work, so I didn't even get the uh. option of saying, let's let's spend the evening going out to a quiet dinner somewhere. Right. Because um, she had to be at her computer at five. And um, as a result... Uh, I ended up streaming XCOM 2, oh. which I hadn't played in a while. It's one of my favorite games ever. And it was like a yeah. really fun, it was like a busy night for me. Yeah. And I'll take it. It was fun to get that game up on the table, get that game to the table, as it were. Um, and remind myself how much I actually enjoy in the context. I enjoy a good tactical RPG. Yeah. In the context. Yes. Um, I, <laughs> I've been looking for a world war ii squad tactical game that is um everything that's out there is either like high fantasy or over caricatured you know where uh you know oh look you have the french saboteur <laughs> uh, you know and yep. and and stuff and it's it's over it, overdone that way you know it's it's nick fury and this howling commandos or not that there's anything wrong with that no no that but that's not the game i'm looking for <laughs> i'm looking for a you know you you ha build your squad you run your squad blah 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 and yeah so it's it's uh different it's 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 hard uh, hard to find no but yeah i do enjoy a good tactics game yeah those are i mean there's i'm trying to think i can't think of any either that i've come across yeah that have done like, a really good job of that so there used to i mean used to be like early 2000s there was uh from avalon hill there was squad leader and mm. advanced squad leader uh there's a thing called uh Tech, lock and load tactics that's kind of that way but it's it's literally a board game with little chits <laughs> and you move you know it's a hex map and you move the chits along the board uh, you know the maps and stuff mm -hmm. like the old avalon hill games um which i don't have a problem with but the gameplay in that one's a little weird um 
Silent Storm is out there, but again, it's the the thing I was talking about. There's Partisans, which I'm looking into because it's on sale. And just in case anybody cares, uh, what's the other one that's out there? Warsaw. But Warsaw is World War II uh, saboteurs and, and, and such, but it's... Uh, <laughs> But it's Darkest Dungeon, but mm. World War Two. So, Got it. So again, very cute. A lot of fun. Uh, I mean, it's not cute. How to put? It, I shouldn't say that. <laughs> it is horribly dark, and you will lose because they lost. The partisans died, <laughs> yeah. and everything. So you go into it. It's very, very sad and emotional. But it's you know the art is all cute, like Darkest Dungeon. You know, it's got that that dark and the. the uh, dark line shading but it's all world war ii stuff you know so okay just to go down this rabbit hole a bit further with games have you ever come across um by your orders the card game mm, no but okay, give me one second by your um yeah it's a um it's a really interesting it's a cooperative card game of world war one <sighs> Nice. And it's uh, one where each player plays a member of an actual. Turn to warm, please. Um, plays a, an actual member of a squad that went off um, from France for to fight in the war. Yeah. And um, there's some real history behind it. Um, the artwork was done by one of the people that was uh, killed in the Charlie Edo attack. Oh. Wow. I know. There's like that additional bit of like, oh wow, there's some real story here. Um, yeah. But it's, it's a very challenging card game in that you're constantly battling, like you're staying in the fight as long as you can because when you retreat, you can't play cards to help overcome the challenge anymore. Right. But if you push yourself past what you can comfortably handle, you become a bigger liability to the squad. <laughs> so it's all about balancing like, okay, I guess I'm out now because I... If I don't, if I don't go now, I might not get back next time. And you guys don't yeah. want me shell shocked for the next round. Right. But if you leave now, we're not going to get enough cards out. Well, I don't know what to tell you guys. Yeah. Um, oh, that's It's a awesome. really good, challenging uh, tactical card, uh, not tactical, but just um, hand management uh, yeah. card game. Um, so there was such a lack of that like mm -hmm. three years ago that I was writing one. <laughs> And, and it was really interesting because then, because about 10 or 15 years ago, there was a couple of them. There was a World War, uh, World War II one, and there was another one, and I can't remember, Trial by Fire or something like that. And um, so, and then a modern one. And it was a lot of fun. You played, it was a two-player. So you could, uh, you could play those back and forth. Um, and now there's there's like uh, one called Cards that's Cards with a K, and it's World War II, and it's it's pretty good. But yeah, um, I I like cooperative uh, card games. I wrote one maybe ten years ago now. That's called um, uh, It Takes a Village, where you're you're all building a medieval village with all the bits and bobs of it. And you, you have a do basically a, a, a year track and you're playing like 10 years in the village. And, you know, by year 10, you, you, you know, see if your village has died or not. Um, it's, uh, it's fun. I, I, 
I had a deal to for a company to make it, and it fell through, and now I'm. So, anybody listening to this podcast, if you want to play, it's a it takes a village. Give Greybeard Dabber to yell. <laughs> it's it's ready. It's publication ready. You just got to get it out there, pick it up, print it, slap it slap it in a box, and ship Artwork. it out. They just need artwork. Uh, I've I've got artwork, but I it was all all the artwork I have is pictures I took from the internet. So nothing you can publish yet. Nothing I could publish. But play. I hear you on that one. I absolutely do hear you. In fact, when I was working, I worked on a card game briefly about standardized testing, <laughs> and it was supposed to be. I called it no. I think I called it pencils down, and yeah. it was supposed to be one where your goal was uh, like a combination deck builder. Um, hand management you were building up a school so yeah. you could pass the standardized tests <laughs> um, and i looked into like buying pictures of students um there are websites where it's like you could buy stock photos for like a, a buck a shot uh, with reprint permissions right um and that's oh, the key is you gotta make sure that. you gotta get your your reprint permissions yeah because um, that's not always easy um and my uh the one novel i published or two the second the, the web novel i was publishing in like serials yeah. um i bought the rights to a, a photograph i actually went in for the whole like exclusives i think it was like a hundred bucks yeah to like own the picture of the blood <laughs> dripping off the black rose so yeah i have that somewhere in my files i and the thing is i never finished it oh i got into like the climax and at that point school was starting up again and my readership had dropped off because it was a, yeah. a weekly vote the way i wrote it was I posted chapter the chapter on Monday, yeah, and people had until Friday to vote on what would happen, oh. and then I would write the next chapter over the weekend. Right. Oh yeah, yeah, nice. and um, that was really fun when it started. But then as as the readership kind of fit, petered out, I was like, I've gained like two votes a week. This really isn't fun mm. anymore. Yeah. Um, and I should revisit that format because it really was a hoot and a half yeah. to kind of like just think, well, I just have to get my my main character to a decision point. So every right. chapter was she needs to get to a moment where she has to pick which road to go down. Oh. Um, and so it wasn't so much writing to keep the plot moving. It was just, well, how do I find an interesting choice for her? Right. To where, keep this, this going so that the people can pick and choose what happens to her, yeah. which was still a lot of fun. I mean, I'm not, I'm not going to lie, but, mm. um, but that's just kind of where that kind of went when it went. Right. And then I've got Sunday. I've got my um, I'm getting, gearing up for Curse of Strahd, which will be fun. Right. I keep, I keep forgetting because it's been so long since we played our traditional group. Right. <laughs> that it's it's a little tricky to try to to gear up for it. Um, but so that's where that's that's at. Um, the topic this week. Um, there was a conversation on, and again, I I get a lot of our stuff because I'm very active on Matt Corville's um Discord group. Oh, yeah, There's yeah. There's always a good conversation in the DM's advice area. And this one came out of the idea of what to of how to resolve the problem of killing your parties as as a DM. Um yeah. Uh yeah, for those who are listening on the podcast, I'm going to apologize. My wife and I are co-working and she gets really excited at work and I'm not allowed to shush her. She's allowed to shush me when she's working, but I'm not allowed to shush her when I'm working. So right. I'm I'm watching the meters to make sure that I'm at least talking over her and I'm muting myself when I'm not. 
Okay, I just didn't know if you knew or not because oh. uh, you got earbuds in. So I oh, yeah, because I can't when when I'm doing a show, my significant other can stand at the top of the stairs and yell, and I can't hear. Her. <laughs> so, <clears throat> yeah. Uh, oh, no, I'm 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 aware it's there. Um, and we've we've had conversations, but there's only so much only so much I can do, and still not end up on the couch. Uh, it, I totally understand. So. Uh, so Coville's but yeah so the conversation was the a, a dm was lamenting the fact that he can't seem to please his party the problem was if he gave encounters that were too easy the party would complain that oh we're just kind of rolling through this this isn't very fun there's no real challenge here yeah um and so he he changed his game up to start throwing some harder and harder encounters at him and he almost wiped the party mm. to which the party said well that wasn't fun you suck <laughs> and and it then led to a conversation about well how do you balance killing the party off like yeah. how do you what do you do when you realize in an encounter that this is harder than you had intended and you're about to wipe the party out or the dice are just not in their favors they're yeah. you know the dc is 10 but no one has made their save versus paralysis yet right um what do you do with that? Well, and so we, I, we kind of talked about this before a little bit. Um, so check our past podcasts. Um, no, uh, <laughs> uh, but you know, you have to either, depending on what you've set up in, in session zero and all that, you either go with it and decide as a crew, Hey, you know, you're all dead. Do you want to, do you want to have a God intervene? Do you want, you know, I think the example uh, we used last time was, you know, the band of elves you met last, you know, last mm. uh, week, you know, everybody's full. All the bad guys are full of arrows and you're, you're deus ex machina by, by a band of elven wayfarers, you know, or rangers or whatever. Um, And I think that that's, you know, a way to pull them out of the fire, but also, you know, maybe say, guys, you know, that's the last one of you going down. Here's some options. You can wake up in prison. <laughs> you mm -hmm. can, you can be saved by the elves you met last week. You can, um, you know, uh, be killed off and start again. You know, you can be the adventurers looking for your guys' soul stones because you were all imprisoned in gems by the BB, you know, EG, and mm -hmm. okay, now your souls are there. And so your next party is going to save this party by getting the soul gems back and you all get resurrected or whatever. Um, yeah, you know, I, I would say uh, lay it on the table. Just be like, guys, this isn't going bad. Now, also, I would have prior to that when it started to go bad, <laughs> I would have probably said, uh, hey, you cleric, what's your wisdom? Oh, it's 18. Uh, you and, and I have done this where I usually use notes and I'll write a note that says, you know, uh, you will not survive this encounter. Yeah. <laughs> underline 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 you you are wise enough to know that you can't win this battle and i'll give it to them and then they can do what they want with it and then two rounds later after the cleric you know casts his last third level spell 
I look at the wizard and I'm like, hey, Wiz, what's your intelligence? Oh, yeah? Okay. You are smart enough to know that <laughs> you are not going not gonna to survive this encounter. Underline, underline, underline. Pass it to him and, and pray that he goes, fellas, we, we must teleport out and and regroup you know <laughs> come back. Door. we're done yep. come well, back with a wand of fireball <laughs> which is not the worst of strategies um the the conversation really got onto the concept of plot armor when i brought up that i'm personally i don't like to see pcs face final death mm. purely on bad dice um i can't think of too many stories that i've enjoyed watching where the dice just keep falling the wrong way effectively for the heroes and then they die and and like i'm a big believer of um there should be like a memorable story behind character death which then got brought out the accusation oh so you wrap your characters in plot armor Mm. and and it's weird because to a degree i'm willing to say yeah kind of because i want to be sure that there's a good story and unless the dice are so comically bad that the the bad dice become the story i don't like seeing my my characters killed off when i'm writing a game yeah um i yeah you know it's always yeah glorfindar the you know barbarian of the north or you know of the east wind is is you know flat killed by a goblin arrow uh, that, yeah that just if if that was in a book you would be like what, what the hell <laughs> i mean well who, I mean, who the sh- 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 uh, um, you know game of thrones kind of started to push the envelope with we're gonna randomly whack some characters from time to time um, and and in a in like you know uh uh uh, uh cornwell's you know saxon tales or in game of thrones or in sharps rifles or you know a world war ii book that's fine that's great but in fantasy it's not just the the random death is, did you is, see how you many know. arrows sean bean took before he uh, went exactly. down in lord of the rings exactly i mean exactly. that's like <laughs> that that's a story behind it yes. um and but that gets into that and there was something else a, a term i had never i not used before that i realized that i was using which is um player investment insurance mm. because the more <laughs> i think about because here's what's happened to a degree and i i i adore them and i talk about them as kindly as i can because i think these are great things but my wednesday night game uh lenarius has on their website for their merch mm. their character's portrait on a t-shirt oh now I know they didn't do this to ensure their character doesn't get killed randomly. Yeah. But I'm not ready for that drama of <laughs> my character died because of a bunch of bad dice rolls. Like that's yeah. a, I mean, I'm not saying that I'm not saying that there would be a lot of really bad, like they hate me or something, but I think it would be, mm. it'd be kind of rough to go, you know, that, it, yeah, that was my character. I played for a couple of weeks in D and D game. And then, then I just couldn't roll higher than a 10 for a night and my character died yes and it's like not that and this is the first time i've ever had a player who put their character on a t-shirt and sold it right which i highly recommend you pick up because they're an amazing streamer and they deserve all of our support um and it's i kind of like the idea mm. that a character that was made for my D game is on somebody's t-shirt 
Heck yeah. Yeah. The, um, so the, uh, um, the thing too is, is that if it was, you know, they, they, they grabbed the warlock and, and plummeted themselves and the warlock to death upon the rocks below that, That's you know, story. there's a story and you can, you, you know, you can have art commissioned of them playing on the rocks with, you know, the, the waves and the, the starlight upon them or, you know, something and, and, and sell the second t-shirt because it was so awesome. Where if again, you know, she trips, falls down the stairs. 22 flights of stairs and you know that's 22 d6 fall damn oh you tripped and fell down the stairs um well, know, that's and i think it's this weird twist between the old and the new we, we talked in the past about how much investment we used to put into our characters and how we would show up to games with like a folder full of character sheets and i couldn't imagine asking a player now to bring a couple of backups just in case yep. the the amount of energy that not only they put it but i put in yeah. to the characters they've made for the game where it's like there's just a lot of work that went into this and goes into it week after week um where some players sometimes when i've run games it's been you know if you bring a character journal next time you can start with inspiration <laughs> and and that became like i think everyone always had inspiration um, yeah. or a luck point or whatever, whatever we were using mechanically at the time, because they, they, we'd play our game and over the next month, they'd all, they'd sit down, they'd tap up their little personal journal of what happened from their point of view. <laughs> and then we email it out to everybody and we'd all have like, so we had that constant on the one hand, it kept it fresh in everyone's mind. Mm -hmm. It kept it like active in everyone's heads. Like, don't forget, we got this game coming up, excuse me. And we know we're going to be getting together. Cause we just emailed everybody again. Yeah. The journal, the, the not so secret diary of Squire Elric. Um, <laughs> and, um, and so that got everybody kind of fired up and then we come to the game table. It's, it's just so weird to me. It's weird to me to, to not think about the option of giving my players a certain amount of insurance that they're going to look back on these and go, well, I really wasted a lot of time. Right. That I didn't even get to a good end of the arc. Yeah. Yep. Now, however, two, two with that said, uh, of course, my cartoon brain went off to the, the journal of uh, Davendale, the bard, day 47 of the journey, still the prettiest. Mm -hmm. um, you know, uh, <laughs> look up the diary of Legolas sometime oh that, that, had, that had just broken when my buddy yeah. jeff was playing this half lean squire perfect and so there perfect. it was absolutely a parody of the parody <laughs> perfect um so yeah uh you know it's one of those things where if you talked about it before hand and it there's so many ways and i know there's this is a whole discussion that that people have had but there are so many ways to save a character now <laughs> you know yeah uh um uh revivify resurrection uh greater what is it called even anyway uh reincarnation i you know there's so many different things or ways you can bring a character back that 
it, you know, uh, save the dying, uh, all that stuff is kind of like, yeah, or spare the dying. Sorry. Um, yeah, it, it, it's almost good that that characters can die. It it makes it more immersive. Um, so, f- for instance, I was playing in uh, Sir Lucian's game, uh, and we, you know, we were we were on the ropes. These, you know, uh, like veggie pygmies and they they their vine hounds and stuff really had us cornered. We were cornered. They were taking us out, and uh, uh, my guy went down. Blah. I rolled a twenty on my um, uh, on my uh, death save, and so pop back up one hit point. Healed the healed the rogue bleh, uh, <laughs> down again, but the rogue who had been popped back up with my healing would then rejoin was able to rejoin the fight, and you know so those are those are times where you're just like nail biting, you know. Wow, that was the I I you know if we had died there, it would have been like awesome, you know. So I don't know, you got to take. Take, take your deaths when they come. If you have decided we roll the dice out in the open, on the table, and the dice decide, yeah, you, you know, sorry, Sir Calvin, you died of a, you know, kobold infection. You know, they, they <laughs> stabbed you with their little spear. You laid in the wagon for a month and slowly died of septus. You know, I, it, it happens, uh, you know, and so... Um, at the same time, yeah, I can't imagine running a game nowadays without going into it saying, we're going to play the, you know, the grittiest, most hardcore, grimdark campaign ever. You know, you're going to starve to death, most likely. <laughs> well, um, it's, it's interesting, too. You know. I was just thinking as you were talking there about it, is that in this day and age of the way with fifth edition rules for death and dying, which are incredibly lax. It becomes one where I almost think that makes it worse when the dice turn against the players and they die. Yeah. Like you get those up, like the, you know, the player character goes down and you're like, okay, start making your death saves. There's the 5%, well, five, uh, slightly more than 12% chance that they're going to pop back up again. Yep. I mean, it's not a high, but it's around 10 to 12% that they're just going to pop back in with a natural 20 on one of their three death saves. Yep. Um, which now they've done the math on that. That's an incredibly high number. <laughs> but that's, I mean, it's 5% chance that you'll roll mm-hmm. a 20 and, right. and you only have to do it once out of three rolls. So yep. it is like, yeah, like I said, roughly around there ish, um, 10% ish. Um, you get those epic moments. But on the other hand, if you fail all three of them, mm-hmm. which is way more likely than popping back up again. Right. Um, with a natural 20 it's like man that's just even like that's just twisting the knife mm-hmm. even more that your character just died right um and i think i think if i'm being totally honest i'm kind of a lazy dm mm, all right and here's how well here's why i think that it is so much easier to fudge the dice rolls behind the screen mm-hmm. to let the party limp along and come out with one hit point 
mm-hmm. than it is to say, okay, so your guy died mm-hmm. and the party really wants to resurrect them. So let's figure out something else you can play while you wait for the party to resurrect them and work them into the story and get the party to trust them. And I got to figure out the encounter now for you to get the money together because you're fourth level and it's expensive. (laughs) Um, And it's like, man, that's a lot of work. (laughs) Yeah. It's just easier to let them scrape along with one hit point and be mildly humiliated. Mm Mm-hmm than it is to, to kill them off and then try to figure out how to bring them back again. Uh, so Pathfinder Society. In Pathfinder Society, you, it was, it was a faux pas, as it were, to uh, not have your own uh, rod of healing. If you, if you as a character didn't have a rod of healing, it was sort of acceptable table that if you went down and they couldn't take your rod of healing and heal you with it (laughs) that they could let you die (laughs) and let you sit there for like you know three hours while everyone else finishes the session and then at the end they could all pool in some fate character points to then let you be resurrected and and be back you know for the next session somewhere else in the greater not this city area or whatever if if you were playing at conventions or whatever and playing pathfinder society um but yeah it was like i said you know there is yeah there's so many ways not to die in this (laughs) you know like for instance uh i think it was yeah it was cody in take 20 uh, Matt Koval and one other of the big DM talk show people, uh, uh, YouTubers and whatnot. Um, I think they all had said at one point that uh, healing word breaks D and D when D and D first started. Um, they were very against healing word because the cleric doesn't have to go to the person to heal them anymore. So the cleric can stand in back and be like, healing word, healing word. Oh, he went down, healing word. They pop back up, you know, with four hit points. Um, yeah, yeah but, so but four hit points is a stiff breeze. Yeah, well, but but that's what that's what I'm saying is is that 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 was that was a big that was a big controversy four years ago when when D and D fifth edition first really you know started taking on steam or gaining gaining steam it it really was people were angry they were like is this breaking the the game and I'm like no and now that we're like five years in. Nobody thinks that. No one thinks the healing word is. It's just become part of the part of the norm that you know. Bleh, you go down, the bard bleh, 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 plays a little tune in the background, and boing, you get a couple hit points enough to crawl away or whatever. You know, um, you're encouraged enough that you pick yourself up off the ground <laughs> and drag yourself away. I think that's that's another one of those tangentially that I want to get better at narrating is Mm. to get away from hit points as health points. Yeah. 
because yeah. a lot of the mechanics don't make sense. Like right. healing word, it doesn't make a ton of sense <laughs> as, as, as a, um, Oh, I have fixed your wounds at distant. I mean, granted it's a divine spell. Um, but it's one of those words. Like I always kind of imagined healing magic that like that deals with wounds is ones that you have to have to like see what you're doing. Right. You know, have a sense for exactly like where the blood is, so yes. to speak, um, or coming from. Whereas when you divorce yourself from hit points as a legitimate health point thing, you get some more room to go, okay, yeah. You know, the, the cleric does remind me that we, we have a, we serve a greater purpose right. that will compel me to push myself a little bit harder to go a little bit further. Yeah. Well, welcome aboard Crimson. We're glad to have you here with us live on Twitch as part of our conversation about the pros and cons of plot armor, <laughs> which is a little bit connected to our previous conversations about watching how we balance combat encounters for the party and <laughs> plot armor. Sorry. Well, plot you know, armor. It's funny too. I was, I was thinking about that this morning. Um, also on the tangent front, when I was making uh, mods for Neverwinter Nights, mm. it had a literal plot armor setting. <laughs> so in the toolkit, you could toggle the plot. It was, it was just called plot. If mm -hmm. anything was labeled with, was plot, yes. Plot true. If, mm -hmm. if character dot plot equals true, then they took no damage yeah from anything nice they could not be destroyed they couldn't lose but the funny thing is the ai separated was attacked by mm -hmm. from takes damage from yeah and so the problem mm. i kept running into was i was trying to script irena from ravenloft to be a follower oh and this was before they had easy scripts to create your own followers and she mm. kept getting killed i'm like well yeah but Okay, so she dies. It's not the end of the world. The, the module still works, but a lot of the dialogue works better when mm -hmm. she's there. So I kept trying to keep her alive. And at one point, I did a test run with her plot checked on. So I yeah. literally handed her some plot armor. And the group I was running with accidentally caught her in a fireball. Oh. So she took no damage, okay. but she had been attacked by a party member. And the, the overarching, uh, result of that was that she became hostile to the party right and so okay so unfortunately she's now hostile to the party and cannot be killed right oh no and so <laughs> it was like, it was like death. yeah it was a total total party wipe because what's up can I say hi? you can say hi honey we have to have a quick inter interview intercession here from the from the kitty k okay there we go um, where, yeah, and I felt bad because I was during my playtesting phases. So that's me. Like I, I'd work on the module, but I think it was on summer vacation. So I'd work on the module all day. Yeah. Enjoy an evening with Mrs. Noir. And then she go to bed and I'd pour myself, like I get out a two liter of Pepsi mm. and I would just run it online with people. Right. And so that was one of my like, okay, well that play test didn't work. <laughs> There's some D20 systems that I've tried to move away from hit points uh star wars role-playing game comes to mind as an example yeah more and more of them are trying to get away from wounds mm -hmm. and into some other kind of a mechanic um i also think this another theory i have on that ben you can tell me if, if you agree with this is also to get away from the violent side of it right 
right the so again i i have many many years of of actual fighting experience and so a lot of my you know fights and descriptions are you know based on real world how you do it and so it's yeah it's really hard to you know say you know with deck you take another arrow hit oh oh oh, you've got four arrows sticking out of you now in 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 story as you're telling it but then they're like boom (laughs) someone someone you know hits you with uh cure wounds and the arrows just like fire out of you and the things are sealed and and go on so yeah i like the the I like doing the descriptions, but then that does lead to the like you're saying, healing word is the, you know the gash they got from the the, the broad axe of the orc it mends itself together under the magic. Um, if you don't do it, it, you would have to include that in the descriptions. Like those arrows are, you know, say that someone shot an arrow and it only did like two or three points of damage. You would be like, the arrow narrowly whips past your head, blah, blah, blah. And, and you would have to describe it as, you know, yeah, you'd have to twist your descriptions. So I think getting away from the hit point thing is hit points are built into the system you can think of them any way you want but you know it makes describing the combats hard particularly in something like D&D where it's it's you know like i like i've always said it's the fred flintstone bat 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 you know you stand there and each each hit each other until someone goes oh i'm out um and keels over so yeah, uh, cur- the the sci-fi system I'm using for um, the Grognard game on Saturday nights, it the way it does is everybody's got like four or five hit points, and it's you know I've been hit. Oh, I I I I'd better get or I need I need aid. Um, then it's something else. Then it's I'm unconscious, and then I'm dead. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and at any point in the mechanics, you can retreat from the fight for a round and and do the recover move. Unless you're unconscious, someone else has to move you from the fight and try to revive you. Um, so yeah, I I do like systems that are doing that. I also like systems that have levels of damage that then affect the mechanics yes i i i've always said again with the fred flintstone fighting of D, the barbarian stands there all day long swinging that <laughs> that yep. great axe and until he has zero hit points he hits just as hard as when he has 108 hit points well that's crimson brings up the point too that when you have a really high number of hit points which is the way fifth edition has managed scaling difficulty Mm. has been through how it's been through hit points a a 10th level fighter has a lot more hit points to play with than a second um which is supposed to represent their increased ability to survive a good fight yeah um rather than relying on the ever escalating armor classes or the ever escalating bonuses on damage 
that right. we we had in previous systems which tangentially to our current tangent which is t tangential to our original topic I had thought for my D&D night on Sunday, since I wasn't running actual D&D, I was going to fire up Baldur's Gate Enhanced Edition. And I'm like, man, it's going to be kind of weird going back to 3.5 to to play yeah. a game online. And, do I and then I got in there like, oh, no, 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 Baldur's Gate. That's Advanced Dungeons and Dragons. <laughs> it has Thacko. Yeah. And bonuses to Thacko. Yeah. And I'm like, Oh my, I, uh, hmm. And that's level cap. Level caps based on race. Um, <laughs> yeah. And that's, that's where I'm like, you know what? I'm going back to like, I'm going to play something else. I can't do this to myself. <laughs> I just, I just can't do it. Um, our video games better because you can as many positive and negatives and they all get auto calculated. Um, hmm. Are you processing that or are you ready to field it? I, I'm processing. I, I'll field then while you process. Okay, go, go, go ahead. Because here's here's my thing. I think that's not wrong. That yes, it's e the computer does all that pre-calculating, but even with D and D Beyond doing all that calculating, I still prefer the less calculating. Like I still like my streamlined systems. And even in video games, I can get lost in: is this really going to make that much of a difference? And how do I know? How do I know the right build? And that's not my game. I'm not yeah. a maximize my build player i'm more of a this looks fun let's try it player right. yeah um yeah one last little bit to the tangent and then and then i've got a couple of things back on plot armor to talk um that have some video game interface here but um yeah uh systems um there are systems out there who it's I want to, you know, my intention is to murder the mayor. And you build the dice pool and you roll and you either murder the mayor or you don't. And so, and then you build a story around that. You know, there is no hit point pools or, mm -hmm. or any of that. It's, it's, it's more like playing a book than, you know, playing a, a video game. Now, back to plot armor and video games. One of <laughs> one of the the earliest things that happened to me in in one of the greatest video uh, series of all times in Fallout, I got to one of the first merchants and for whatever reason, I didn't know what I was doing, I ended up shooting at him, which he then turned on me. And I ended up murdering him. Then the town turned on me and pretty much the game was over because there was no way without that first merchant, I was going to be able to get high enough levels and, and, and materials to finish the game. Then they got smart in later versions of Fallout where there were some people who cannot die sorry plot armor you know they are part of the plot you cannot walk in and just you know and, and blow them away um and then in skyrim <laughs> in skyrim merchants could die but not by like your hand but if they were for some reason to get outside and a dragon attack the dragon could roast them and then that merchant is gone 
forever. Nobody is like, hey, look, an empty store. I think I'll be a merchant. Um, <laughs> they are just out of the game. And so, yeah, so plot armor, nice. You know, I would much rather have in my storyline, you know, the dragon lands on the shop and, and chaos and fire. And then in the end, oh, look, Baxter, the, <laughs> the bower, is alive. Pull him from the wreckage, dust him off, and you know <laughs> he's been hiding under there the whole time how perfect is that exactly. well and, and it gets into i think it, it starts to a lot of that plot armor literally was around the idea that when they published the game they had a plan mm. they wanted you to go through these major bullet points and even skyrim i think is a great example of a game that's very very sandbox based mm -hmm. um, i think i've only completed the main storyline once and i'm easily 300 hours on it um, and the only time I finished the story was the one, like there was one summer week where I said, you know what, I'm, I'm going to make a point of playing through the Skyrim main storyline. And I yes. mainlined it. Like, yeah. I just, if it was, if it, every, any side quests I did were like, where's the side quest take me? Nope, not doing it. Yeah. Like if it's not on the main quest path, <laughs> I'm not doing it. <laughs> I don't care where that sword went. I don't care how sad you are that you lost it. I don't care that your husband's, you know, not really doing what he needs to do because he's too depressed. You know, here's five gold. Hire somebody else to do it for you, hon. Um, <laughs> I'm not touching it. Um, if only someone would save my child who is lost in the woods. Lady, I'll, <laughs> I'll, really, there's got to be a ranger around here somewhere. I'm dragons. Um, <laughs> I, I would, but your son is to the west. And I'm going east. So that's the way that works. But, um, and I think in a lot of ways, depending on how you work, and I, I think dungeon masters who focus on here are the bullet points in the story we're going to go through where the players will have these big choices to make are the ones most likely to say, I kind of want my players to live to see them. Whereas in a much more sandboxy game, where it's like, well, the players decided they wanted to try to take over the town and put their own gang in as the, the new shadow government. Well, they chose to do that. I had no say in that. I think I'm more likely to go, I haven't really invested a lot of my energy into a story here. Don't bother me. None of a couple of the PCs die. Right, right. Whereas yeah. like now I've put, a, I've put a, a, no small amount of time to like, how is Jansen going to rid themselves of their demons? Right. And now it's like, oh, and Jansen randomly died of a cobalt arrow <laughs> before we had an opportunity to deal with their demons. Well, I'm I'm sure glad I spent 40 hours working on a series of encounters, plots, and NPCs. All, the, all those ticked boxes in different episodes where you went out of your way to live. Mm, here's the breadcrumb and the spice that's going to pay off in the oven. You know, the roast is there. In episode 22, we'll find out X. Yeah. All that's gone. And in episode 21, <laughs> there's a power outage and the oven never heats up again. Exactly. It's like, well, what am I, what are we doing here? Um, having a larger pool of stamina. Oh, we're back on um, health points. Larger mm. pool of stamina points. That get expanded before health points would explain the strain of battle and trying to avoid gain hit crits going damage directly to health yes there are um several kinds of mechanics that tie to that um that i've seen in games uh 7c does a really neat job of doing minor wounds followed by um 
It's not mortal wounds. It's critical Seri wounds. Oh, okay. I think it's critical wounds. Yeah. Um, and four critical wounds and you're out. Yeah. And and as and what's neat is when you get to your second major wound or critical wound, you start rolling, you get bonuses. Mm. Because that's where the story's picking up and you're becoming more heroic. Right. Yeah. Pillars of Eternity. I just downloaded that. I haven't had a chance to play it yet. Pillars of yeah. Eternity. Um yeah. like I said, if I hadn't been playing XCOM 2, they had a bunch of RPGs I was ready to to take on. And then I started playing XCOM 2. I'm like, I just love this game too much. I <laughs> I could probably become a full-time XCOM 2 streamer if I wasn't <laughs> careful. Um and my poor PC hates running it because I have I have way too many mods. Mm. Um, I'm glad I'll definitely be checking it out. Um, and and to answer Aaron Tears' point, yes, absolutely, I am. Jansen's demons are a neat part of their character, and uh, Lenarius and I have discussed the idea of curing them of the demons and what that would mean. And it's one of those where we both know what is at stake if we do that because it will change the character. On the other hand, it's like, well, that's part of what's supposed to happen. Yeah. Character, um, characters being dynamic and change is good. Um. <laughs> yeah. The one kind of plot armor you really can't give your characters is the armor of never changing. Mm. Um, because at a certain uh, and sometimes that will kill characters more than. Um, and that's like the to me, that's the best kind of character death. When you get to the a moment in the campaign, you're like. My character is finished. The, um, I had it happen to me um, at, uh, most most notably in my brain at a LARP because a lot of my tabletop games don't seem I don't get to be a player often right. enough. Yeah, yeah. And the few times I've been a player, I've never been in the game long enough that we got to an ending. Right. But I, I played in a LARP and I played as a young half-elven ranger. Um whose last conversation with his father was stay here. I'll be right back. Oh. I'm going to go scout over there mm -hmm. and then never came back. And yeah. so he kind of like eventually said, well, I guess I'm on my own. I guess I'm going to go do my thing. Yeah. Um, and so it was a chance for me to kind of get back into being that young, innocent, naive. Um, I'm going to trust people. I'm going to do the right thing because that's what you do. Yeah. And you're noble and you're honorable. And after like a year of playing, he was a knight in the the House of Justice. Mm -hmm. He had kind of he'd kind of gotten the girl yeah. as much as 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 anyone was ever going to get a girl in a LARP where you didn't actually hook up um, for reals. Yep. But another a, a woman who was in the game and I had our characters had built this relationship, and we had both kind of said we're not really into each other, but right. our characters are. Right, they did happen. Yeah, and, and we were both really cool about it. And then um, something else, uh, there was a third factor. I was like, I don't have any reason to do this anymore. He's he's checked all the boxes. He's kind of done. Yeah. And it felt kind of good. To say, and he leaves. Yeah. He he goes off to the county seat um, to work under the Duke as a as a knight and as a as a travel as a circuit judge. Yeah. Basically. And that was the end of his arc. And it was really, it was almost, almost as sad as if someone had said, and your character is dead and you can't play him anymore. <laughs> because I'm like, I can't play him anymore. There's nothing to do with him. Right. Right. I, and again, they, sometimes stories just end. 
mm-hmm. you know, it, it, sometimes it's just done and, and that's okay. Um, uh, two, it's interesting that who do you give plot armor to? Because if you kill uh, a party's favorite NPC, it might be used in a way that they're like, oh yeah, that, that was great. Okay, now vengeance for Baxter the Bower who was crushed by the, the mm-hmm. dragon landing on his on his shop. Now the plot would be, oh, we loved Baxter. Damn you, dragon. We'll kill you one day. That's all. Uh-oh, we're having a small technical issue here. Apologize to everyone that's on the uh, the podcast. We're going to have to edit this out, possibly. Let's see if we can get Greybeard back. I've seen this a lot. I've... Okay, so we're going to... Uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to throw us into a little BRB while we sort out our tech issues. We'll be... Nope. Nope. Three... This is ground control to Greybeard Tavern. Do you copy Greybeard Tavern? Oh, you're on mute. Greybeard is here. Hello. All right, good. We got you back. Did you get the unstable internet connection? Because I didn't see it. I didn't get anything. Nothing Nothing flashed or bipped here. You just went, uh-oh, and, <laughs> and we're gone. <laughs> okay, because, yeah, you froze. You were mid-talking about the uh, vengeance. Oh, <laughs> yeah. And so characters would, you know, want to get vengeance and that would be uh, a good storyline. It is OK. And I, I love seeing this now in games, particularly stream games where you have a really involved chat um, where the party will call out plot armor. They will be like, nope, this NPC, he is the sweetest boy you cannot hurt him. It is, you know, la la la, and and it's good to kibitz and and back and forth and and go. Okay, yeah, I I will, you know, duly duly place the plot armor upon Baxter the Bower, so that he can, you know, survive and live forever because he's the best boy. Um, I it is it is very viable. Uh, LB. It went at one point to indoor and said this npc i do not want anything bad to happen to them they are the wholesome part of my character and if they if they die or are taken out of the game i my character will become a different character and i don't want to play that character so you know they they talked it out and and it it all worked out in the end but uh but you know sometimes you got to give that plot armor well and and that gets into that investment component of when you're when you're designing a character or an npc or a story arc and you're like these are things that are really um important to the story or they're important to us as players Mm-hmm. you want to have some flexibility to say, look, this is just too significant of a thing to be left to chance. Right. Um, I don't want to deal with the fallout from a negative consequence here, having my character lose his sister or yeah. losing their ward. And it's, I think it's also very mature to say, look, 
I know that an easy way to get drama is to go after the families or go after the friends. Right. And it, it's a it's a good way to ramp tension up quick because yeah. nothing gets a party fired up like, oh, oh, they took our favorite bower. Mm-hmm. And I mean, it'd be like with my Candlekeep game. If something ever were to happen to Stephen the guard. Right. They would yeah. probably, I, mean, I think they care more about Stephen the guard than they do Connie the artificer. <laughs> um because of just that relationship they they make they forge with him right out of the bat that sense of like he's kind of a nobody right and he gets that he's kind of a nobody and he's finding contentment in being just a little more of a nobody than the average nobody is <laughs> and and there i think for a lot of people that sense of like we all kind of feel like we're nobodies a lot of the time mm-hmm. and to have that zen of like hey i know i'm kind of a nobody but i try pretty hard to be a decent nobody <laughs> is like wow whereas if anything happened to him i think they would go off the rails <laughs> like they would go nuts um, right because they like him a lot and he's he's got that kind of a lovable feature to him Um, in in one of my home games there was two pirates that survived or not this wasn't in my home game as a matter of fact this was in salt marsh we were playing salt marsh with uh damn it barry from australia he was dming it and we randomly named two pirates steve and jerry and and then there was a whole subplot where Steve and Jerry got shipped together as a couple and they, they, they became onward and, and Steve and Jerry's wedding became like a side subplot. Cause people in chat were, you know, push, 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 you know, this is a, this is a storyline and, and it became a lot of fun. And so Steve and Jerry had plot armor, even though they started off as their life as pirates and <laughs> such. I don't know. It, it's one of those things where those two characters, if anything had happened to the party would have been like, all right, salt marsh crack, you know, <laughs> now you're done for <laughs> burn it to the ground. Now, now we're coming after those guys. That's not cool. You know, it's interesting. Um, as we've been talking, I remember the actual, I finally like going through my notes, like I know what really sparked in my brain as to why this is something to talk about. And mm. I wish I'd thought of it about 45 minutes ago. And the <laughs> issue was this, because we've, we've kicked around plot armor, kind of some pros and cons. We've admitted we kind of sometimes are willing to use it. Um, we don't usually need to use it with most player characters because it's so hard to kill permanently a PC these days. But yeah. the issue at hand was at one of the other tables the players knew they effectively had plot armor uh, and they were they were okay with it because it was a light-hearted beer and pretzels we're just having a blast rolling through here killing stuff having a grand old time you know the we aren't we don't want the nail bites oh my gosh did we do we almost die we just want the we we came we saw we kicked its ass yeah. And and there's something to be said for that. But the reason it became an issue was his cleric stopped taking Revivify. <laughs> Sorry. And, <laughs> and and exactly. And joked, I don't need it. No one yeah. ever dies. Yeah. And it was like that moment was like, well, wait a minute. Now mm. hold on a second. All right. And it becomes one of those where I could see myself having that conversation with a player who goes, you know, I've kind of noticed we've had a lot of close calls, but in all of our close calls, I've never had to cast revivify. Mm -hmm. I might stop memorizing it. I feel like that's a cue for me to say, 
No, no, you need to keep memorizing it and guaranteeing in the next combat somebody goes down. <laughs> At least once. <laughs> yeah, well, just, I mean, because that's kind of part of that whole, like you said earlier, it's so hard to kill a character that I kind of feel like I would feel like as long as we all maintain the contract of we believe this is a nail biter. Yes. We believe that this is going to come down to um, high tension and we enjoy that adrenaline rush from that belief. Then yeah. everything else is material. Yeah. As long as it propagates a good story and we're having fun with it, you know, why, why not just keep having fun with it? So. Yeah, well, and it, it reminds me, too, a little bit of um, thinking way back. Um, do, did you ever see Splash back yes. in the day? Tom yeah, Hanks yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, Bo Derek? No. Uh, oh, um, yeah. Crap. Clan of the Cave Bear. Yeah. Anyway. Everything. Yeah. yeah. Everything, in Everything in that movie, yes. <laughs> um, but if you think back to that, she's watching TV, and this guy gets shot, and she starts freaking out. And he explains, "Well, you know, it's he's an actor. It's all make believe. You're you're not supposed to. You're supposed. It's kind of funny when you think about it. He he shot a guy today, and he'll get shot tomorrow, and because we be on a different show. Yeah. And it's like we we already kind of go in to a lot of entertainment situations freaked out about who might die. Right. When in reality, it is just a story." Mm -hmm. that um everyone lives through for the most part uh with right. with very 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 few exceptions every yeah. every actor lives to see the end of the movie no matter what <laughs> happened to their characters um but i believe and i could be mistaken i think they've done studies that you can get just the same kind of like psychological highs and lows for yes. fictional um peril as you do observing real peril yes um, so we're we're happy to trick ourselves into the emotional investments. Uh, again, one of those studies along those lines are that role play games, the memories that you create in in role play games, are can be can be just as powerful as real memories, you know. And so it really is a situation where you know these things happen and and people take it to different levels for different characters and so yeah I, I you know i applaud lb for her nothing can happen to this character okay it will affect me as a player as a person human being if anything happens to this npc you know i and totes respect you know it's it's how things should be <laughs> in a good good game i know. think and I'll, I'll 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 step back from that just enough to say if you're of the opinion that that's not something a player can do mm -hmm. that's fine as long as you can maintain a player group that's okay mm -hmm. with you saying that right i think personally i agree with you too i think mm -hmm. um if a player comes to me and says you know look I would be really uncomfortable if this happens or, yeah. you know, taking my current plot line with, with Gerald from my, my candle keep game. Um, he's had a few opportunities where he could be really, really evil. Yeah. And um, they probably will present other opportunities to him. And I could see the, 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 the people I play saying, yeah, he can't get that evil. I don't mm. care if he gets one of us alone. I don't care if he has the charm person spell that would make me really, really upset if that happened. 
And I think if you play a game where you tell your players, look, hey, everything's on the table. This is Game of Thrones. If he can charm person and do real evil, he's going to do it. Yep. Then that's the that's your as long as your players know that's on the table and they have the option to say that I don't want to be at this table. Right. That's where that is. And if as a group, you all kind of go, no, you know, hey, we as people communicating within a game setting, we yeah. all have some agency as individuals to say, this is what we want out of this experience. Yep. Um, uh. It's it, <laughs> remind yeah. yeah sorry gerald is dead he just doesn't know it yet <laughs> not yet <laughs> um jesse i don't know if jesse's streaming tonight you'll have to check it out um i do think she generally wins mm. uh, glad to see you here cj and crimson i'm just i'm loving these things i think we're gonna when we get to the wrap-up we're gonna have to kind of recount all of these tactics you're sharing because um, mm -hmm. they're they're tangential to what we're talking about so i want to give do, do them full justice um okay. but there's some neat tactics um and gerald probably is dead um, we'll see what happens to him later, as it were. Um, but we'll see. In fact, I actually have a plot line for him to see if the PCs take it. Ah. There's a reason he's what he's, he's doing what he's doing, and we'll see if they want to follow it or not. Right, um, right, they, right. They might opt to kind of just go a different direction um, and see where that leads all of us. Um, but I just and I remember too there was somewhere somebody said my my players don't get to tell me what happens at the table. I think that was our angry DM <laughs> yeah episode. We were talking yeah. about that where it's like, "No, man, this is a collaborative thing. We all got to we all got to kind of share with each other." Um, but we're we're at 10 after, so we should probably start to move into some into emails, into okay. um, off-topic things that came up in chat. Sure. Um, and other things Crimson's been sharing in here. Um, a combination of using a cobalt battlesmith artificer with adjustable stilts and a revolver action rifle and and then points out that with the mold earth spell can create a trench duck into it pop up with a stilts and then riding a steel defender as a mount and using an owl as his familiar gets advantage using pack tactics yep um, the familiar can take the help action. Yep. yep. And that's just an amazing combination of, I, I, I almost want to say almost broken mechanics. Well, and the, the, <laughs> when they, when they created the steel defender as a, uh, as a medium sized creature, it was, it was on it all small. Cause I love me some small critters, goblins, kobolds, you name it. Uh, I played in a campaign where I asked if I could have the, I was playing a warforged artificer and I asked, could I take the, the disadvantages of being small, the smaller movement and blah, 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 being smaller so that I could be the centaur part of my steel or iron defender, steel defender, so that my warforge was the the what would be the human of the of the centaur, and the the iron defender was the mount part of it, 
And then we would, you know, go to optimization, change mode, and I would pop off and then the head would fold out transformer style. And then I'd be a little robot and he, he'd be, you know, the, my steel defender. So yeah, the, as soon as, as soon as they said that that's a medium creature, it was, it was, it was time to play, you know? So yeah, that's awesome. Uh, Crimson. I love it. That is, and I, I think I have a lot of respect for people that do a combination of this will be a neat combo with a playful level of let's see how broken this ends up. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> because there are some fun combos you can you can pull there. Definitely um, a hoot and three quarters. Um, also, stuff that come up in chat. Have you ever played Divinity Original Sin? Yes. One or two. What were thoughts on two? Uh. I have not played two. Ah. I have only played one. Two is so. There was a, a time period. I I really wanted to play more of those games. Uh, Pillars of Eternity was one that I I set aside a night of streaming just so I could play it, and then never transferred those to YouTube for whatever dumb reason. So those are all those all vanished into eternity. But uh, but yeah, so I. There was a lot of those, and two has been sitting in my library so long that I I uninstalled it because I have not played it. So, yeah, uh, sorry to go off on that tangent, but yeah, um, I yeah. I do enjoy those games. I I wanted to like two so badly, mm-hmm. I just couldn't find a difficulty setting I liked. Mm. It's weird. I played it on like the story mode and i'm like this is this isn't even interesting i'm just raw stomping so i took mm. it up one step and i couldn't survive a combat encounter wow like no one and maybe i'm just really bad at tactics mm. but i was like i was that's like even my i was i just couldn't do it mm. and I, I went online like well yeah part of the trick is you send one person to trigger the con the, the dialogue and while mm. they're locked in dialogue you maneuver everyone else for backstabs so that you're guaranteed to drop somebody in the first few seconds of the fight and that that makes the fight a lot easier and i'm like that's that's kind of cheesy and the answer was well it's not cheesy if the game lets you do it it's 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 bad game design (laughs) yeah now now to be fair i mean maybe i should have like grinded more or maybe i was a little under leveled for the regions i was in yeah but after enough like i'm walking down the road i get ambushed and my party wipes I'm like, oh man, I, I just can't play on this difficulty. Yeah. I need to need to shift to a difficulty that's a little bit less, um, and and come back to it again. So I really wanted to like it. I was even thinking about games I was going to play on stream this week while I'm waiting for Mass Effect uh, Legendary Edition to come out. Mm-hmm. And and I also realized that Sub Zero or Subnautica Below Zero mm. officially lands on Xbox. Nice. Uh, this week, so I'm like really torn if I'm going to like alternate games. Right now, I've got three for my evening stream for my non D and D streams, yeah. and I might have a third D and D game for me even before Jesse moves to Europe, because right. there's a lot of interest among players to say, "Hey, we'd be interested in doing this," and I'm like, "Well, I could maybe get there and do this." Um. Yeah, I could have probably done a better job here of like pre-planning, like this will happen, this will happen, this will happen. And I'm just, that's not the game I like to play. I like a little bit of challenge while making my choices on the fly. 
So uh, unfortunately, I think Divinity might be a, Divinity Two might be a game I never see the end of. Well, and it's funny because there were a lot of ancient ancient games like uh, Pool of Radiance, Azure Bonds, uh. those type games. I my my buddy uh, Super Scott Sam the Eagle, um, he he loved those games at mm-hmm. higher levels. I hated those games at higher levels because there was, you know, you had to have eight of the right spells cast in protections and whatnot before you open the door for the hundred beholders that were on the roof. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, it, it was it was a thought process of how to get through the game. You I, know? I remember the Lich in Baldur's Gate. Mm-hmm. where you had to cast all your contingencies with magic missile and then you have everyone with traps stack their traps yep. and then if you got really l- lucky with your rolls mm-hmm. you could beat it before it killed your whole party in one shot yes but yep. it, it took like boom the lich appears short dialogue and then your computer freezes as it does a quick render of all those graphics right <laughs> and then you see if you won or not Right, <laughs> Flash, you won. <sighs> yeah, yeah. Baldur's Gate is so much more difficult because the random is going to destroy you. We were, you know, curious that you, that you would bring that point up now, here because that's kind of where our conversation started today. Mm-hmm. That in a role playing game, randomness can kill you. And what do we think about that? That and was why plot armor. Yeah, that's why. That thus plot armor. Um, and I've been I've been lucky too to wrap that up. I've only had one group ever say. We have plot armor. We can do whatever we want. Yeah. And that was my teenagers. Mm. And that's when I'm like, I think I'm done rolling behind the screen. Mm-hmm. I'm done. Like, if your guys die, you die. I'm not going to talk about character development between. We're not going to, you know, maybe spend some time in the week doing art of the characters. Like, nope, this is mm-hmm. the game you want to play. I will do my best to run it. And after about three weeks, I went, I don't like running this. <laughs> I just don't like running this. <laughs> I go back to my college, you know, uh, uh, game in the summer of like 90, 91, where I had the like 19 players in three teams playing a Game of Thrones type game. And yeah, it was backstab, chaos, politics. You know, everyone in that game knew that at any moment, someone from the other team could break through the door and fireball the place. You know, so they were ready for it. But again, that was so long ago that the character development wasn't there. No, and that is something that has changed so much over the years that they've really wanted us to put more. They've they've noticed that the shift in audience wants more of those opportunities while leaving room for the grog darts to add. Just let me make, I mean, if you go on D&D Beyond, you can make a character of any race, class, level combo, and it'll just pitch one out to you. Hit mm-hmm. print and I'm ready to go. Yep. And if that's all the backstory I want, no must, no fuss, <laughs> ease done. Right. Um, which I respect. What have you got coming up this week? What are we looking forward to? Uh so I have masks on Thursday over at Indoor Adventurers at 8 30 Eastern Standard Time. Um and then Sunday, 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 I will be back to Griftlands. Uh playing with uh you know toys and whatnot here uh in the tavern as we romp through space as a total 
a total bra. He's he's like uh, disinherited and it's not cool. So uh, that's the main character. I hate him. I hate him. And the first two characters I adored and they both died. And so it's I didn't see the completions of their storyline. Now this is the third and last character and I want him to die so bad. <laughs> And he'll probably survive and 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 finish the storyline, but uh, but that's Sunday, and then I'm back here Tuesday to drink and talk more. And if you have topics for us to talk about, by the way, you can send an email to oldtimertavern at gmail dot com, and we will have an opportunity to to address those. We also love it if you pop into our Discord and um, pitch ideas to us for shows there. Um, there's always something to, uh, to look forward to. Um, the challenge with schedules, um, for those of us that are on multiple streams is that the Twitch schedule oftentimes is, um, uh, dedicated to our channels. So if we spend a lot of time chilling out with other people, those schedules can get a little bit weird. My um, schedule is always posted on my Twitter, right? It's pinned right at the top. So you can always find it. Um, and the name is the same, Greybeard Tavern, no S. Yep. Correct. So so there's that. I might be back later tonight for more solo gaming. Um, since Mrs. Noir is uh, working tonight, there's not a lot going on in the house. Um, so I might just take advantage of the quiet to come down and slip some more time shooting aliens, literally. Um, but then Wednesday night, we're going to continue Candlekeep. They are going into part three of Book of the yeah. Raven which has some really fun plot twists planned and I'm excited for that. And then Sunday night, um, I am so geeked for this. I am starting the full campaign of curse of Strahd fifth edition, not the abbreviated one I've done. And I'm planning to do in about a month with Raven, um, or the Raven armed, who's the mm. captain Jack Sparrow, uh, gentleman and a few other players, um, I'm going to be running a Ravenloft one shot with them. We're just going to do the uh, castle and the yeah. streamlined castle. We're only hitting the rooms that are important. Yeah. So like that. Oh, look, a random room with some vampire spot. Now we're skipping that one. That's not interesting. Right. I, right. Just, I just want the bullet points. I want them to come out going, oh, my God, that was intense. <laughs> yes. Yes, it was. That was that's the goal. I want you to I want you to 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 either die or I want you to win by the skin of your teeth and feel epic. Um. Yeah. But but the, we're going to run Curse of Strahd starting Sunday, and we've got like a clean schedule ahead for that. Um, and then, like I said, we've got probably a third game coming up uh, once Jesse moves. I have to, I'm in the process now of recruiting and audition. It's weird to say this and auditioning people, right? Um, well, it it is it is though because you've got to get the right con particularly if you're streaming it, you've got to get the right combination of personalities, uh, um, uh, demeanors. And and it's got to match up with what you're trying to run, you know. Yep. If you've got a thespian who wants to role play and feel and cry on stream, and you're not running that game, it, it's going to be well. a waste. It's going to be a waste of their time and your time to have them at your table. Which one of the things I love having Azteki on Sundays is is the nonstop mm. pop culture references. Ah. Like it's just we have so the one thing I'm proud of all of my games are fun to go to. Nice. And that's what I want. Yeah. Um, 
The last comment goes to Crimson with the I like the Pathfinder 2nd Edition's version of Artificer, the inventor for its wealth of options. I uh, have never played. I will have to look into that. I like that. I didn't even realize I created, I was making an Artificer when I made my little halfling that builds massive clockworks. <laughs> like, I guess that's what she is. Yep. Uh, it was not part of my plan for her, but it's kind of the way things worked out. So you, there's all those great places you can find us. Um, if you enjoyed listening to this, please, please, please uh, give us a review on Apple Podcasts so more people can find this podcast where we get together every week to talk about dungeons and sometimes a little bit of dragons um, and so forth. And um, until the next time we all get together, please, please... Uh, Download more podcasts mm. and stay safe.